Welcome to Faithful Innovation. I'm Tina Jason. I love learning about the way God's love motivates how people serve the world. Hearing authentic personal stories deepens my understanding of how God transforms regular work and everyday encounters into acts of grace. Join me as I seek out ordinary people in cities, suburbs, small towns, and rural places who are doing extraordinary things. The goal, to inspire a wholesome expression of faith in your life, ministry, or business. Today, I welcome Lorelai and Ray Vargo. I met Lorelai in January 2009 in the Chicago airport as part of a pastor's group that was assembling for a trip to India. We were the only two women on the trip and would be spending the next 12 days together as roommates. And by God's grace, we were very compatible, had a lot of fun, and became wonderful friends who've stayed connected ever since. At that time, Lorelai was working for Mission India, the organization hosting the trip. And although she's no longer with the organization, it is evident now that God was preparing her for something. Lorelai had worked in the nonprofit environments of education, international missions, and healthcare. Ray had worked in manufacturing for 30 years and is currently a CNC programmer in the tool and die industry. He was not raised in a Christian home and came to know and accept the Lord in his early 20s. He served many roles in the church and has taken mission trips to Russia, Haiti, and India, recognizing how formative these all have been. In 2011, Lorelai and Ray met an Indian pastor and his wife who visited their little church in Bailey, Michigan. They were directors of Horeb Home in Hyderabad, India, and Ray felt God calling him to serve with this ministry that was reaching the orphans and widows. Ray has worked since that time on behalf of the home. Lorelai and Ray are co-founders now of Renewed Hope India, bringing awareness of the opportunity to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the orphans and widows of India. They've been married for 37 years and currently reside in Kent City, Michigan. Together, they enjoy their expanding family of four children and seven grandchildren. Lorelai and Ray, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Tina. So glad to have you here. Well, as the question that I ask everybody as we get started, if you would each just briefly share your faith background growing up. My faith background growing up is I really um, did not grow up in a Christian home um, per se. We didn't go to church regularly. I knew of God and the Bible, but um, I really didn't become a Christian until my um, late teens, so 19 years old, um, a newly um, married young mom, um, and um, I came to faith in my early um, or late, late teens. I was not raised in a Christian home as well. My parents didn't go to church. I don't believe they even knew God. At one point, they sent me to church once. And the only Christian upbringing I had was with either my uh, grandma or my uncle. I would go to a Catholic church with them uh, when I stayed the weekend with them. So I didn't come to know Christ until my early 20s. Lorelai <laughs> helped uh, bring me to Christ. She was a, a young mother who desired something desperately different for her children than what she was brought up in. And uh, she is a praying wife. And uh, so through Lorelai, I was brought to the Lord. Those relationships, as we, as we see and journey with people, that faith can come alive. It's just a beautiful thing to see. So Lorelai, you and I met, as I said in the intro, through this trip with Mission India. 
one of my hopes with these conversations is that those who listen can see that the Lord can move us in all kinds of ways. He prepares us in amazing ways and uh, sometimes in areas we, we may or may not even have experience in that opens up into an opportunity for ministry. And so if if you could thread the story together of how your connection with India developed and then how Renewed Hope India came to be. Right. Well, it is just an amazing story of God working and preparing um, us really throughout our lives. And even if I go back into my childhood and I think about I did not meet my own father until I was 21 years old. So I grew up uh, fatherless. And now um, having the opportunity to work with the fatherless in India, when I sit and I think about it, I just think what an amazing, wonderful God we serve to be able to, um, in some small way, connect with those children in India and telling their story. I have a little bit of um, life experience to share with them. But with um, preparing my heart for working with the children, I had the opportunity to work with Mission India and was a project coordinator. And um, it really sparked my knowledge and um, a deep passion that I had of working with the Indian people. Um, Mission India has worked in India for over 30 years. And then as I left Mission India, had the um, opportunity um, a very short time after I met or I left Mission India that an Indian pastor and his wife through steps of faith that they took to get to the United States, they ended up at our church. And through our pastor, he had them at his house and he was like, oh, I have a couple that I would like you to meet. They know something about India. So they invited um, Ray and I over to their house and we met. Um, Madhukar and Sony um, were the pastors from India and really started that friendship and that connection of what God had laid on their hearts. We came home and prayed about uh, what they shared with us and realized that uh, as we did a search of how God had been preparing us all our lives of what he had us involved in, what he had trained us, just like Moses in the wilderness, God took his time and prepared us for such a time as this. And so our pastor called us the next day and we said, uh, we're ready to take a step here and and see how we can come alongside this ministry. So by faith, we we took the knowledge that we knew and began the work of sponsoring children and presenting that to our church. And uh, we asked them to pray about one week. And the next week we had uh, sponsors for 15 children and 10 widows. Pretty amazing to see God right at work. Wow. Lorelai, you mentioned that the pastor and his wife took real steps of faith to come to the United States. How did that come to be? Oh, that um, is an amazing story. So the pastor's wife, Sony, she had had it on her heart. She has a children's ministry to many children in India, but she just felt she hadn't had very much training on how to minister to them. And she had gotten a flyer of this children's conference in Chicago, and she really wanted to go. And she prayed about it, and she just had her heart set on going to this conference. Even though they really didn't have the funds to go, they didn't have the funds for the visa, the plane ticket, or the conference, 
And they took steps of faith all along the way. And God provided little by little. They end up in Chicago. And it was really on her heart that maybe at the conference, she could connect to another pastor's wife. Um, She doesn't have uh, or didn't have a very good support system in India that really could help her as a pastor's wife. So she wanted to connect um, at the conference with another pastor's wife. She was at the conference and they were very scared, (laughs) never been to America. (laughs) They were at the conference. At the very first session, they met our pastor's wife, Lisa Penwell. They hit it off right away. And she told her her story of her deep wanting to learn more about children's ministry and then meet a pastor's wife. And our pastor was like, our pastor's wife was like, that's all nice and wonderful, but I'm sure it's for a bigger church. Like our church is small. I mean, and by small, it's not super small, but it's like what, 300? No, it's 300. 300. Yeah, it was about 300 people at the time. And she's like, we're in Chicago and there are big churches and I'm sure that God has it for you to meet somebody, a big church. And um, Sony was like, nope, I think God had us in mind to meet. And they hit it off that day and later in the night, they ended up having dinner together and they only had had enough money to stay that one night in the hotel and they didn't really know what they were going to do they didn't really have a plan after that, so they ended up staying at our, our pastor's wife, and she was there with another lady. They stayed in the same hotel, and then they ended up coming to our church, so from Chicago up to Bailey, Michigan. So it was these small steps of faith that first Sony took to get here to the U.S. that our pastor's wife, Lisa, took to bring them to Bailey, Michigan. And then that we took in meeting them and hearing their story and then saying yes to um, the opportunity that the burden that they had on their heart was really to minister to the children and widows in their neighborhood that they did not, they could not meet their basic needs. And these were homeless children and homeless widows um, that they had no way of providing for. So when we presented that then, to our church family and said that we would help organize it if um, the church family would come beside us and sponsor that. And then, so that took a step of faith. So that was met. And so all along the path was many people taking small steps of faith and then God doing something just amazing. It's just an incredible story to think about coming internationally and only having enough money for one night in a hotel. And an open-ended ticket, which is, I guess, very hard to get. So they only had a, it was a two-way ticket, but it was open-ended, so they go, could go home at any time. And that in itself is um, something very difficult, I guess, to have. So, Wow. Wow. Are they housing children and widows now? They are, um, but when they came, they were not. They just had this need. They had tried to meet the widows' and children's needs in small ways of helping with food and maybe sheltering one child here and there for a small amount of time, but they knew the need was greater and needed something more permanent, and they just did not know how to meet that need um, in their own church family. Mm, Just amazing, really. From that initial conversation, what did those first steps look like? 
Oh, well, those first steps. Well, first of the steps were um, Ray and I kind of looking at each other going, you know, what do you think this, you know, um, we had, I mean, when we look back on it, if God would have put a, this in front of us and we would have known it had grown so large, so fast, we probably would have ran the other way or something. Yeah. But the small step of faith that we took of saying, it was very safe. It was in our church family. We had people coming around helping and supporting us. We were like, yeah, sure, we could do that. Um, in Mission India, as a project coordinator, I had a very large caseload, you know, helping sponsors and donors connect to each other. Um, this, you know, the thought of doing, you know, 15 children and 12 widows, I was like, oh. I can do that nights and weekends, you know? And I think for us, being on the same page and looking at each other and committing together really was key in taking that first step. But we are, we're a big support for each other, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes me think about, you know, many of the journeys that God takes people on as I look at the scriptures. He doesn't tell them every step along the way. He calls them into a vision and then... Mm-hmm you know, lays out those steps and provides all along the way. It -hmm. sounds like in the beginning, the first steps were really sponsorships for specific children. Renewed Hope India, did that exist at that point in time? When we first started coming alongside the church in India, which was Horacom, we are a partnership with them. That's what is nice and unique about the, the ministry that we do is that uh, we're coming alongside them. Uh, they are just as much sponsoring these children as we are. And so we started out as Horp House of Prayer sponsoring these children. But a few years down the road, as we looked at, at how the needs grew and how there was more and more children to sponsor and to take care of, we realized that it had grown bigger than our church. Our next step of faith was to say, we need to start a nonprofit where we can reach out beyond uh, our local church walls. And so we started the process of building a 501 and Renewed Hope India was born. And that's a whole learning process in itself of, of starting it a nonprofit. <laughs> but we, we, we were blessed. We, we had people come alongside us and help us through the process along the way. So we watched God provide for that as well. Who did God provide along the way? In what way specifically did they really help you put this together? Well, we had graphic designers and artists come and help us research and find our name and our logo. We had wonderful counselors from our church speak into our lives as to what we were doing and give us good counsel. We had accountants help us through all the paperwork and all the the legal process of getting our 501 approved. And so all along the way, we watched as God provided for all our needs. Yeah, I think of the story of the accountant. It was our own personal accountant. And every year when we met with her, we kind of said, this is our plans within the next year. And she knew I was finishing my MBA and we had thought about different business ventures we might be thinking about or doing. And so then when renewed or when we were working with um, the Orphan's Home, and again, when we started off, we were under the umbrella of our church which gave us tremendous amount of support and our pastor and his wife, we really wouldn't have been able to do anything without them just supporting us in so many ways. They really wanted, our church is very mission-minded and uh, we just had so much of their love and support and encouragement. 
um, it really did give us a good um, safe place to start kind of <laughs> kind of incubate <laughs> um, I would say the ministry but then as it was started to grow it it got complicated and needed to kind of stand on its own and they help us launch that also but even the accountant as we talked with her she would we were kind of telling her her plan our plans and she said that she would more than willing help us walk us through the 5013c process and she never charged us um, she just was so gracious and said that would be her contribution and we had many, many, many meetings with her of just pouring over that paperwork line by line of um, completing that. And um, it really, God just provided amazingly people between the website and the designing and just support of encouragement too of the sponsors and the Indian part of it too. Um, we have a really good communication. Ray communicates most daily with India on the progress of the home and the children. So um, it really is a partnership. We see it as a bridge between our two churches and our two communities for the children of India. What's happening in India now? Horeb House is the group of churches that he has there. So he has seven churches, but the ministry is Renewed Hope India over there. And so a year and a half ago, we had a campaign to build a new home for them because the conditions that what they were in weren't safe. And we raised money to build a home. And again, we watched God provide. We sent them back with money to buy land and to start the home. Communication with India is interesting because it, sometimes it doesn't translate the same. But what we found is, is that the original plans that we had to build a home for the kids that we had, we had 30 kids at this time now. When we dived into the plan, there's a, there's a difference between uh, metric and English. And the, the sizes don't translate the same. And we found that the, our original plans were only half the size that we needed. And so once again, we went back to God and said, what do you want us to do? And God raised up and, and funds were raised to build a home. And so today, there is a new home built that will house 72 people. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So they went from... Um, being on a rooftop, and originally the rooftop was 25 people, but it grew to be um, close to 50. It was between 40, 45, and 50 on a rooftop. And so we definitely outgrew our first location and needed to have a larger space. And we looked for different places to rent, different places to buy, already built. But God always seemed to lead us back into buying land and building. Being such a new ministry and not having worked very long in India, I was a little skeptical of building as such a young ministry, but God just kept leading us in that way. So for me, that was really a growing opportunity. It was against probably my logical <laughs> um, thinking of saying, no, this isn't a good idea. And yet God, every step of the way, the land was provided for the building. And even though the building, we thought we had raised enough money to build the, at one time, and then we realized we needed to expand it. And it was only half the size we needed. And that was a little heart-wrenching. That was a very humbling experience because we had to go back to our donors and say, I mean, it's a brand new ministry and just starting relationships with people and wanting to build trust. 
we had to go back to them and say, we really need to be build a bigger building than what we thought. <laughs> and we didn't really receive any negative feedback from that at all. And again, God provided miraculously. And this was all done in a very short period of time that we, a year and a half, we raised money for land, a building, and a security wall, hmm. all in a couple years' time. Wow. My mind is going back to when you and I were in India in 2009, and there was one place we visited where there was a very large group of people, uh, both adults and children, on a rooftop <laughs> in the evening. And mm -hmm. in that same window of time, Mission India was building a new headquarter building that we got to visit that mm -hmm. site also. And so when I think about you know, even the experiences you had, even though maybe tangentially in that season mm -hmm. of preparation that mm -hmm. then gave wisdom and comfort to what God's laid out for you right here. It's just amazing. It really is, Tina. I think of the, even just being on that work site, and if I, I remember right, you know, us walking around with our hard hats and seeing how the families come together and build at the at the work site. Mm -hmm. And I knew when we would be at building that there would be families at this work site. It wouldn't just be the workers coming in and building, but our there would be families living on the land as they built this building. So yeah, those experiences, I didn't realize it then, but um, it came to help when we had to build this land. And honestly, just a few short years later, I'm wondering what some of the lessons that the people you're serving or the people you've partnered with in India, uh, the lessons that they're teaching you. Mm. <laughs> well, I would say one of the big lessons is, is that they are very relational oriented as and we are very time oriented. Working with Madhukar and Sonia over there, it just amazes me to see their hard relationships and Time isn't a big thing to them. It's like they will spend the time to build that relationship. And so it's good learning for myself to focus more on that. Yeah, I would definitely say that if deadlines aren't met and, you know, we've been to India, so we kind of thought we would realize, you know, if things aren't done in a time frame and that is fine. But we, when we went for the building dedication, there was a monsoon rain and we had had many delays and, um, there was going to be a building dedication. And it was very evident that this home was not going to be ready for a building dedication. <laughs> and But we had already bought our tickets and we had delayed as long as we possibly could. And yet nothing short of a miracle came together the last four days. That building was almost 100% complete by the day the building dedication was done. And we were astounded <laughs> that uh, so much had gotten done in those last days. And just to trust God, and we'd kind of given it over to God saying, whatever is there, we'll dedicate to the Lord and we'll just celebrate what we can. But God over and abundantly exceeded our expectations of what we were going to see and experience mm -hmm. when we got there. And God really, I guess that would be a theme that he has shown us throughout is when things just did not seem possible or um, we didn't know how things were going to come together, we just would give it to God and say, okay, God, this is yours. We, I don't know how you're going to do that, but it's not in our strength. And then 
something just amazing happened or something better than what we had planned came through that. So it just really taught us to trust more and go forward. We really struggled with the should we build, should we not build. And we really threw that idea a long time. And I can remember talking to a gentleman at work who really wasn't connected with the ministry and was telling him a little bit about the Indian. He's like, why are you waiting? <laughs> and I thought, oh, you're right. Why am I waiting? And it's like, it, it just was the nudge I needed from a totally outside voice that it just seemed like we needed to move forward and trust God. That was a big step for us to actually take that step that we would build. That was a huge step. And it seems like God delivered just in time. It's not necessarily <laughs> before, but just in time. I'm so mindful at this point in my life that God is never in a hurry. And sometimes we're feeling that we're in a hurry or things aren't happening fast enough. When I followed Jesus around his journey, he just wasn't in a hurry. So that keeps teaching me to, you know, to, to do the work I'm called to do every day, but not to feel that I have to rush or rush other people. Oh, that, that would be very true. <laughs> what are some of the biggest lessons that, that you've learned as leaders in this whole journey? I would say for me, it was to continually hone how I communicate with others and with India. Not only communicate, but key would be to listen. Sometimes I, I can be quick to speak and slow to listen. Sometimes I need to just listen to what India is telling me. I need to listen to especially what God is telling me. And I need to definitely pray more because I'm putting this in God's hands, you know, and, and I'm asking God. I'm, I'm just a part of God's plan. Lorelai and I are just a part of God's plan. We are, are constantly in the mode of being moldable. Again, as Lorelai said, we just watch how God has provided and does exceedingly more than what we can think or ask. And we are just, it's kind of exciting actually to mm -hmm. look back and say, what are you going to do now, God? And, <laughs> and so and we're, we're just constantly surprised out of the blue how God will surprise us. And, and, and it is nothing that Lorelai and I do. It is, it is all God. It is fun to see him work. Yeah. And I tell you so many times for as a leader of what it has taught me to be a leader is I am, I'm a risk taker, but I am not. <laughs> <laughs> so it's easy for me to say, oh yeah, let's go and do that. But then I will sit back and then analyze everything. And so for me, I have to let go and just go forward and trust that God is not leading to me to a place. You know, I say yes, and then I have to trust him and keep going because I'll want to say yes and then go back. And God is just really teaching me to just continue to take those steps. I think of Peter on the water, right? Where he, I'm, I can get out of the boat, but here I am sinking. <laughs> and I need to trust God that he didn't ask me to get out of the boat. I need to keep my eyes on him and, um, and go forward. And he's showed me and both of us um, in different ways. Sometimes we'll be discouraged of thinking, Either we haven't communicated something properly or um, in the fund, raising funds, we are not professional fundraisers, but I guess we probably are now, but we never looked at ourselves as that. And yet God out of the blue will give a blessing. We'll have people 
we don't know how they hear about the ministry. You know, there's no initiation of saying, oh, I heard you on this, or I have a friend who told me about you. And yet God just blessed it. And so we know for sure this isn't of us, that this is of the Lord. And we just are honored and just amazed to think that God would use two people like they have such a a simple, humble upbringing. And yet um, we were, we said yes to a small ask. (laughs) Something you said made me think we can't change and stay the same at the same time. You know, as God is stretching Mm -hmm. us and then that tendency to want to go back, we just can't. It's incongruent. (laughs) Um, No. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) As you think about how this whole piece of your life, watching what God has done in that faithfulness, how is it changing you and how is it impacting other parts of your lives? We're looking on years ahead of us and saying, what are we doing with the rest of our lives? You know, we're not, we're not looking for the retirement years. We're looking to say, God, how are we going to use us? You're not done with us yet. So that's one thing. But it's neat to see how even our family, our children, are witnessing our faith now. And, there's, and they're, they're saying, what mom and dad are doing are real. And it's just neat to have them see our genuine faith. Right, and see it. And in, in different ways, each one of them has been a part of helping us in and through the ministry. And so that has been a joy for us. I think for me, as we looked, I mean, we're empty nesters now. And to think that what are we going to, I mean, we work full-time jobs and do this on the nights and weekends. And like you said in our intro, you know, we, we have a big family that's very busy. And yet God gives us health and strength and a real deep passion to make a difference in the lives of these children in India and an opportunity that's, um, you know, I don't know how I would have, I mean, you and I both went to India. I don't know how I would have started an orphanage in India if I just sat on my couch and said, gosh, how do I start an orphanage? I don't, you know, I don't know how I would have done that on my own, but God had plans. And I think just being ready to say yes is what I would encourage about anybody to say is, is there an opportunity that God's bringing to you? And if he's not, he's probably preparing you <laughs> to, for that. And I think of all the years that we worked with children, the mission trips we took, and different things all prepared us for then when that opportunity was there to say yes. And then we learned, too, that we don't have to know it all. God, God provides people, uh, as we shared earlier, who has, have the skills and the abilities and the gifts. And it, it's neat to see, see other people come alongside the ministry and help out. So I would, I would tell people, don't let what you don't know stop you. Mm. you know, just be willing to say yes and, and watch how God, how God works. I'm thinking about a book I read written by Heidi Baker that's titled Always Enough. Sometimes we just don't think we have enough. When God has a plan, there's always enough. It doesn't always come in the way we expect it. Just mm-hmm. as I listen to you tell this story, you know, in so many ways, there's, there's always been enough. It's always enough, not in me or just in Ray, but all in everyone. So it's not that if it were just me, there would not be enough in that, you know. God gives me strength and 
courage in, in that, and we do rely on them. But it's really about the many people who have come together. It's amazing to us how God has brought us. We were at a seminar a few weeks ago, and we needed some technical advice. And we met a guy in California. And so in a day, we're texting and emailing, and he helped us with this problem, this technical problem we had. And you know, I think we have a forever friend here in California that you know, we met at a conference. So um, God just has amazing way of putting people in our path and accomplishing his will. As we close, just share what's happening within the lives of the people that are being served, the widows and the orphans. Oh, it's really amazing. Um, in the past six years, we've had over 100 people come through the home. And we see children that normally wouldn't have had an education, didn't know where their next meal was coming from, didn't have a home. Uh, these kids are, are watching new crops of kids get their education, test really, really well on their, their schooling skills, and now have been accepted into universities and achieve uh, scholarships and sponsorships. And, and that's not even, even enough. I mean, they go and they, they have their college but they love to come back and be a part of the ministry and help out in the home. And so if they had uh, what they would want, they would stay at the home and go to school. But they're going to school and coming back and helping in the ministry want to be just as much a part of it. Mm-hmm. And the widows, the, the widows are happy. They're, they're healthy. They're, they're, we've had a couple of widows get uh, eye surgery. And uh, they've all had glasses. We've had uh, girls, uh, teenagers in our own church, uh, do fundraisers just to raise glasses for the, the uh, orphans and widows. And so it's fun to see that happen. And so the home is, is and it's not even the, just the people in the home, the villagers around the home and the officials and uh, everybody. So the people building the home, they all were blessed to be a part of it. And it's, it's so neat. Recently we had a, a government official come do an inspection on it. And he sat down with our pastor and he says, you are loving our children more than we are. And it, so it's just, it's, it's just wonderful to see God's people at work, even a Muslim man to say, you are loving our, loving our children. Yeah, I think for me, the stories of the children, they come in and from many different backgrounds. So the home in India is a registered charity. They take in all children, all widows. Um, and they love them, and they teach them the faith of Jesus Christ, and they give them the, you know, food and shelter and clothing. But to watch them grow spiritually, and to love their Bible, and to sing songs of praise, and have the freedom in Christ, where they are making a difference in their families. If a widow comes into the home and she does have a family, and maybe her family has kicked her out. The church is really working with that family to reunite them. And so they kind of have a ministry of reconciliation if they can. We have had a few um, widows go back into their homes and be accepted. We have had um, a widow get married. We had a younger widow and she had two children and there was a widower in the church. And that is something that isn't done very often in India. And, but that worked out very well. And so we just see that ministry of reconciliation through the home, and it's just amazing and so encouraging to see. It's making me think about the, the verse in Matthew 5 of 
in, in that section that's talking about salt and light and about shining mm-hmm. our light, you know, in, in a way that our good deeds, that others would see our good deeds and give praise mm-hmm. to our Father in heaven. And that's mm-hmm. just what I'm seeing there, that, that ministry of welcome, a ministry of reconciliation, a, a ministry of love that's mm-hmm. caring for, for people in all kinds of ways that then mm-hmm. brings help and hope and healing and restoration in such a way that it comes full circle that those who have been served come back to serve. As we close, if someone who's listening wanted to get in touch with you, how could they reach you? Um, the best way to reach us is through our website, renewedhopeindia.org, through our Facebook page. We have a Facebook page that's open, and again, that's Renewed Hope India, or Gmail, renewedhopeindia at Gmail would be our a way to email us. So you can find out the latest happenings in the ministry through those media sites. Well, Lorelai and Ray, thank you so much for joining me. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, and uh, I'm sure those who listen will enjoy it equally as well. Thank you so much, Tina. Thank you, Tina. It is just such a blessing to be able to share our story and um, maybe encourage someone else along their journey that there is, I don't know, I guess as we became empty nesters and you know, you wonder what you're going to do when those children leave the nest, uh, that um, God has a plan and sometimes he will surprise you. So <laughs> thank you so much for having us. It's our joy to share the story. And I hear as a theme, just uh, God's preparing you, so be ready to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, Tina. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lorelai and Ray as much as I enjoyed having it. The work of Renewed Hope India brings to mind a section of Psalm 68 where David writes, Sing to God, sing in praise of his name, extol him who rides on the clouds, rejoice before him, his name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families, he leads out the prisoners with singing. It was so interesting to hear how God had been preparing Lorelai and Ray through previous experiences to step into this work. With each yes was another step of faithfulness and provision. And now there's a home to care for 74 orphans and widows and relationships across the continents. As you listen to these conversations, do they prompt questions about what God may be doing in your life? Each week in the Faithful Innovation private Facebook group, we consider a question. So I invite you to join us there and jump into the conversation. It's a place where you can find encouragement and hear from others who are also on the journey as we share the ways God is faithfully innovating our lives. The question we'll consider this week is, what may God be asking you to say yes to now, where he's already provided some experiences and insight? All the resources mentioned in this episode can be found at faithfulinnovation.com. Just enter Renewed Hope India in the search and it will come right up. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to subscribe and leave a rating or review on iTunes or Stitcher. Make it a great week and find your unique way to share the love of God with the people you encounter. Bye for now.